Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. We are currently offering two Sunday services each week. We have a 9 a.m. worship service that you can attend in person or you can watch live online at newhope365.church. And we have a 10.30 a.m. in-person family service for parents and children to attend together. We would love to connect with you and your family however you feel comfortable, either in person or online. And now, here is today's message. So today, I'm talking, I'm doing, I decided to take a little bit of shift, not that the battle between good and evil isn't raging when we were talking about reality and all of that. It just felt like it just needed to, to go a little bit different direction and talk about the kingdom. And, and, and right now, I feel that stir because of what is happening globally and specifically even here nationally. And the G, in, in the Bible, Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom, right? The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And that kingdom, our Heavenly Father, is wanting to bring his kingdom and have it be part of our everyday life all around us, always, the kingdom of God. Three, 365, 365. And literally, and literally when people are, are going and, and, and engaging you and so forth, I'm looking for, and when people are engaging me, and I'm, I'm looking to go, is the kingdom of God present? How's it working? What are you doing right now, God? I'm looking for that. And, and so, but oftentimes what people do is they go, okay, I came to Jesus, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And it's like you get, you get the ticket for the bus eternally, and then you go, I got the ticket, and, and I'm just waiting for the bus to show up, and it's all good, right? But that's not the kingdom. The kingdom is way more than a ticket to get on a bus to ultimately spend eternity with Jesus. Though we're looking forward to eternity and and we're looking forward to what is going to happen in eternity, the here and now is something where Jesus says, this is what you're to do and this is how you're to live. And there's incredible things that he puts out for for us. I don't know in your house, but in my house growing up, we had um, kind of like behavioral things that needed to take place in our house. Okay, what, what were the things that were behaviors that were expected in your home? Curious. Okay, honesty and integrity. You, if you're going to live in our house, you're going to tell the truth, right? You're going to tell the truth. What else? Curfews. If, you, if you're going to live in our house, you're going to show up at a certain time, right? What else? Kindness. You're going to be kind. You guys must have an amazing house. Okay, kindness. Yeah, what else? What's that? Clean, clean up after yourself. If you're going to be in our house, if you dirty a dish, clean a dish, right? What else? Respect. And respect, hey, yes. What else? Okay, when dad sits down at the supper table, everybody comes and sits down and the television's turned off and there's no social media at that time. We're going we're gonna to engage in all this. And, and this is the way things are done. And if, here's another one. If, you, if you're in our house and all of a sudden, you know, sometimes the tensions rise and you say something that you go, I shouldn't have said that to my sibling. I shouldn't have said that to my mom or dad or, or mom and dad were yelling at each other. Whatever. What we say in our, what we'd say in our home growing up is that you go and you, you admit to your wrong and you ask forgiveness, and you make it right, if at all possible. In the kingdom of God, do you think if we can do those standards and those ways within our families, and you know that they're flawed and we have our own issues, right? How much more does the kingdom of God 
have a standard in which, he, when, which, which our Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, is saying, this is the way you're to live. This is the way I want you to behave as a family and how you're going to be, behave even outside the family, your code of conduct, all of that. And specifically right now, the kingdom of God is wanting to shine its light through you. And there are certain things that I've been, that I've been sensing be, that, that need to come out. And it's specifically today, the topic that I'm addressing, and that is the kingdom of forgiveness. The kingdom of forgiveness. Because there is what's spinning right now in the spiritual realm is a lot of bitterness, a lot of anger, a lot of hate. A lot of stuff that's out, and here's the deal. If we're not pressing in and seeking God and, and praying protection over our lives and all that type of stuff, what can happen is it can hit us head on. And before you know it, before you know it, what happens is you're caught in something and you're going, why am I feeling this way? Why is it that all of this is welling up inside of me? I just read something where, and it could be that, that the kingdom of God is being attacked by the kingdom of darkness. So here we go. My, in, in college, I had a buddy named Fred, and him and I were like, I mean, we were just like this. It was love Fred to death, and we, we had so much in common from the way we would dress to the way we would, um, you know, uh, engage people and, the, and just the fun things that we liked to do. We had a lot of commonalities, and at some point in that, in that relationship, when I started to date Angel, and he started to hang out with other friends and all that type of stuff, eventually we began to drift apart as buddies, and, and I don't even know where it started, but it was almost like we, we, we in college, we call them sweet mates. I was on this side, he was on this side of the dorm, and, and, and all of a sudden we had almost this thing called turf wars. You ever had a turf war with somebody? And we had these turf wars that were going on, and, and uh, all of a sudden I would go in and I would play pranks on him, you know, like mess with his deodorant or mess with his toothpaste, or I, he, would, he would mess with my underwear, he'd mess with my socks, he'd put little notes. I mean, I'm still to this day, I think if I had a pair of socks from college, I'd pull something out and there'd be a note from Fred that would say something really mean or something, you know? And we just messed with each other, and, and, and one day he had um, come into my room and he'd taken um, concentrate like spray and sprayed it all in my, carp in my carpet and in my, uh, in my bed and all that. I walked in, I'm like, I can't. And, I, and he had put, I mean, my door was barricaded, whatever, and then he locked the door between his room, and, and I'm thinking, what is going on? Why? What? 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 And, and then I literally broke down the door to get into his room. I knew he wasn't in there. And I grabbed all of his clothes out of his closet, and I put him in the bathtub. And I put him in there, and I mean, I, I literally, I, I'm like, I've had it, dude. I, I, man, I'm done. You did this to my room. I'm doing this to your room. And I even took his mattress and put it under the shower. I mean, I'm, I mean, this is, this is, this is okay. Okay, I'm telling you. And then, and then it wasn't long after that where him and I just, I mean, we got together, and it was like we were just duking it out. And finally, we both broke, and we started to cry. Um, and we, we go, what, what's going on with us? And then we began to share the thoughts and the feelings and the issues and all of that type of stuff. And question, what caused the feud between Fred and me? Fred and myself. God, and I've been pondering that for years. Like, what caused that? And it goes to show that sometimes we get so bitter and ready to battle that we can no longer recall the problem. You can no longer recall what is really taking place. And maybe you've been there. And if we don't watch our flesh... We let our hurt turn into hate. And then you take a lot of clothes and put them in a bathtub. 
and you do things that you never thought you would do. And literally, I mean, in our neighborhood, uh, a Trump sign goes up. I mean, and I, I, I wanted to take pictures. A Trump sign goes up, and then next door, like 12 Biden signs. And, and literally, the feud's happening right now as Angel and I are out walking, and we're seeing neighbors, and, and they're not talking to one another. They're not engaging, and they've set these are the boundaries. If you believe this, if you believe that, if you stand for this, you stand for this, I want nothing to do with you. And you know what's fueling that? You're like, it's Trump. No, it's Biden. No, no. what's fueling that is the unseen realm. And, and unforgiveness, if we're not careful, we can let it hurt turn into hate. And unforgiveness has many names, right? Hurt, discouragement, disappointment, woundedness, grudge, a beef, an axe to grind, resentment, bitterness, caring and offense. And it's the opposite. It's the opposite of the kingdom. The kingdom of God isn't about unforgiveness, is it? It's not about hate. It's not about uh, being right. It's about knowing the one who is. It's not, it's, it, this is so, un, un, it's so we keep, when we keep records of wrong, we're acting like an accountant and keeping score. And it's like people have a spiritual debt. Others, in that spiritual debt, it's that others have accrued to us. And that is why unforgiving people say things like, they owe me. I, I will make them pay. I will get even. And let me read for you, to you, Matthew chapter 6, and you can follow along in the version app. I've put notes there for you. But it is the most, history's most famous prayer. What is it? The Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our what? Forgive us our debts. And there's also, then you go over to Luke, and you'll see, and it will say, and forgive us our sin, as we forgive those who sin against us. There's synonymously here used, debts and sin. And when someone sins against us, they accrue a debt to us. And the question is, who will pay the debt? Who do you want to pay the debt? You want them to pay the debt, right? You want them to pay the debt, and if you make them pay, that is called vengeance. In our family, we were told growing up, you don't take vengeance. And if we could do that in our flawed family, imagine how the kingdom functions. So, Paul has something to say in Romans chapter 12, verse 19. It says, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Which then what we do is we spin that off to go, hey, I'm good. I don't care. God is going to like take care of them and send them to hell. That's not the kingdom. You're like, I put it in his hands and I'm good. No, you didn't because you haven't let it go. You haven't let it go. And if you absorb loss, think about this though. This is huge. If you absorb then, instead of doing that and being angry, you absorb the loss and pay for them, that is forgiveness in the kingdom. In forgiving someone, you choose not to sit as judge, right? Instead, you do what we've been talking a lot about this week with the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the Supreme Court. When you choose to let it go, you send it to a higher court. And you let God deal with it. You let God deal with it. And that's the kingdom. 
And, and, and so we don't, have to, we don't have to go and deal with this and they're going to have their debt paid by either Jesus on the cross or the alternative, which I'm not talking about today. But Jesus paid our debt and our relationship then with God is possible because Jesus paid our debt. And what was, what was the debt, says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. And some, some of you are going, oh, yeah, yeah, I know this. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But church, this is significant because for us in this room, there are people that do not understand that. And there's going to be a time where you, and I'm, I've been praying this, oh God, open doors for New Hope 365 and people that are part, to, to be able to share about what sin costs, but the, how much free and how free the gift of God is through Jesus Christ. And the Bible uses the financial term, and we don't use this very much, ransom. I don't know when the last time you heard the term ransom to explain our spiritual debt to God. Mark 10, 45 says this, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, to give his life as a ransom for many. You, you see a kingdom principle right there. What, is we, what do we do in the kingdom? We serve. Part of the DNA of people transformed by Jesus. And one of, the, one of the things that I love about the kingdom is that it's grace. I'm not Hindu. Therefore, if I do something wrong to you, I don't have karma. And therefore come back as a cockroach. You don't have to worry about that. Because that's in the kingdom of God, we don't have these things where they look and they say, there's, you know, they all have some concept of human failure and, and, and there's a debt to be paid. You know, if you're in Islam, you've got to do certain things right in order to, to get to a, certain, to a higher level in Mormonism and even within Catholicism. There's all kinds of stuff that's spinning out there in different religions, but within the kingdom of God and in, in biblical Christianity, it's about grace through faith. And you're part of that kingdom if you're a follower of Jesus. This is very, very significant. And Jesus lived a life we have not lived and died a death we should have died and paid a price we could not pay. And when and we, in humanity, we responded by attacking, slandering, arresting, and murdering Jesus, and hanging him on a cross. And this is huge. The first words Jesus hanging on a cross, Luke 23, 34 says, all this slandering else, Father, do what? I, I don't know that if I was taken from somebody one of you who was very wrong in life, let's say you're just really wrong, you're really evil, you're really bad, and you do something to me, and I'm hanging there, or I'm being tortured, or I'm, I lost my job because of, or, or my family, or whatever, because you were so evil and did something so bad against me, and I'm getting ready to die at your hands, and then I go, oh, forgive them. That is not my DNA, humanly speaking. But that's what Jesus did, and then they take a sponge. And they, remember, we talk about gall in the Bible. If you studied Scripture, gall—it's like a, um, like a vinegar-type drink to eat, like ease his pain, to get to kind of give him a little something on his palate. And they, they, it. And as I was studying that, it literally, 
it was probably from a field kit. You know how you open like, like a first aid kit for the Roman soldiers, and they would open it up, and they would take this little sponge out. And you know what they used the sponge for as a field kit? They used it to wipe their hind parts. And think about it. The taste, this is nasty, with the potential taste of bowel movement on his lips. Our God and Savior answers his own prayer and died in our place and paid the price. And when we get this kingdom, kingdom understanding, all that's happening, we're going, that's not our kingdom. That's not who, that's not our king. That's not our leader. We serve another. We serve another. And when, if you belong to Jesus Christ, you are to totally, completely, eternally forgiven of all your sin in the past, present, and future. And Jesus paid the highest price for you and forgives your debts as a free gift called grace. That's the kingdom. And that should just make us want to go and get up here and raise a hallelujah. I mean, seriously, this is stuff This is stuff that in a spinning, dysfunctional, uh, where the ruler of darkness is, is, is putting all these things out there, we the kingdom are going, I understand that's going on, and we're going to pray against that, and we don't want that to reign and rule and reign, and we're going to pray against that, and we're going to use our, our kingdom resources to uh, against that, so to speak, in the spiritual realm. But we, when we start getting down and depressed and weary and tired and so forth, understand that the king is getting ready to deposit and pour in and say, are you weary and tired? Come to me. I, your king, am going to rejuvenate you. I, your king, am going to help you. I, your king, am, this is a kingdom of joy and hope and peace and kindness. This is your kingdom. So we experience this, this forgiveness, and I come to the conclusion in our culture, well, and through the kingdom, that we, it's a gift to share. And I, have you ever been a victim of somebody that sinned against you? Yeah, and just as you've done evil that pains God, others have done things against you. So a question I have for you, because this is huge for some of us that are sitting and listening here or online, and this is where I'm continuing to just going to go for just a little bit. Who owes you something? Who owes you something that has done something wrong against you? Who, who, who has done the greatest damage in your life and caused the deepest pain and left the ugliest scar? And you're going... I ain't pulling that back up. question I have for you is, are you still carrying it? Because in the kingdom, our Heavenly Father goes, no, 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 no. You don't have to. I took care of that. Let me deal with that. Forgiveness is not only a gift we receive as we enter the kingdom, but it's a gift that God requires us to share. Forgiven people are forgiving people. That's a kingdom principle. That as we walk and somebody does something to us in culture, whatever that may be, very offensive at some level, what does the kingdom of God do? I love you regardless. I love you regardless. This is huge. So Colossians 3, 12 to 13, and some of you are doubting this and going, I, you don't understand, they believe this, they believe that, they've done that, this, this, whatever. Since God, look, look at Colossians 3, 12 to 13. Since God chose who? 
you to be the holy people he loves. Clothe yourself with what? Tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive what? Anyone who what? Who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So when we forgive someone, we are giving them what? We are treating our enemy how God treated us. And this in our culture is something that the key, they have to see because otherwise, how is it that they would want to be part of our kingdom? How would they? Yeah. So, so how we treat others should reflect and glorify how God and Christ has treated you. But let me, let me, let me go a little, bit, a little step further because I've talked about the demonic realm and, and we're going to at least hit it some weeks. But I don't know, when you want to get somewhere, what do you do? You get, on a, you get on a plane and you fly somewhere, right? If you want to get somewhere, you get in a car, you drive there, you, know, uh, you take a plane, you take a train, you take an automobile. You ever see that movie? It's great. Okay, so, so you, you take those modes of, here's the thing. In the demonic realm, there's modes of transportation. And one of the main modes of transportation is unforgiveness and bitterness. And, and they are spewing in transportation. Crud all over our neighborhoods, all over your... Honestly, in the kingdom, in our homes, it shouldn't exist. But if we leave the door open because we have not dealt with the bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, we haven't dealt with that, then what happens is that we open, it's like a thoroughfare for the demonic. And then you're wondering why you're so angsty or why you're so frustrated or why you're starting to think thoughts of like doing something to somebody because, because they offended you because you've left the door open to the transport of demonic unforgiveness. This is, this is so, so interesting. And hell is a place of unforgiveness. Um, James, let me read to you James 3, verses 14 and 15. If you are bitterly jealous in their selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are what? Are not God's king kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and what? Demonic. And, and the reason this mode of transportation, the demonic realm is going, here's the thing, you know that Satan and the demonic will never be forgiven. They don't get a second chance. Scripturally, there's no second chance. So if they can suck us in to their own misery, they will, but you don't have to be. You do not have to be. You are in another kingdom. Another kingdom. Um, okay. Let me, let me try to uh, get this uh, out and help us understand it. Matthew 18, if, if you have your Bibles, um, this is a little bit, I'm going to go through the story a little bit more in depth. Matthew chapter 18, it's the parable of the unforgiving debtor. And I love to read this story because it's to me so clear about the kingdom of God. Matthew 18 and beginning at verse 21. And, you know, 
come on, if, if you've been offended and if you live in a culture where people do, do those types of things over and over and we're around people, and, and you know, wouldn't you want to know if Jesus were here, do you go, Jesus, you know, how, how do I forgive? How do I love? How do I, how can I, they, they, believe, they believe and support this or support that, or they vote, vote this way or they vote that way. They, they're just mean-hearted, spirited people. And he, Peter's kind of diving into that and Jesus speaks to it. And he says, verse 21, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts, and Jesus is telling this story, up to date, with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of the debtors was brought who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. Imagine the punch here. You owe a debt, you can't pay it, and now your life has been completely altered because now your spouse and your children are being sold off and literally you're going, oh my gosh, I'd rather die. I'd rather have not existed than to go through what's getting ready to happen. My life is altered completely. This is horrific. And the man falls before his masters, I think any of us would, and he begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Meaning, let's work something out. Let's, can we negotiate this? And I would become a grand negotiator too. And then his master was filled with pity for him. And he released him and said, yep, we'll set up a payment schedule. That's not what he said. He goes, I release him and I forgive his debt. That's the kingdom. Then, the man left the king. He went to a fellow servant. Can, can you imagine? You just went from losing family, wife sold off, children sold off, everything, all this, is, and this is how it's going to work. And, and he goes, nope, no payment necessary. I forgive it. Imagine being a part of a kingdom like that where you're forgiven of something that you very much owe. And now... The man leaves, and he went to his fellow servant, who owed him, verse 28, a few thousand dollars. And he grabs him by the throat, and he demanded instant payment. This one, as I read this, I'm going, it does not make sense. What a moron. What a moron. That he would, you know, he's like, he's like a, a few thousand dollars, and he grabbed him by the throat. And Jesus loves to use these dramatic pictures. And... He demanded that instant payment, verse 29, and his fellow servant fell down before him and begged him for a little more time. Be patient with me, and I will pay it, he pleaded, but his creditor wouldn't wait. And he had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. And when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset, and they went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Verse 32, then the king called in the man, in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant. I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? 
Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be what? Not, not only do you lose your wife, your children, I'm not just sending you to prison. I'm actually going to pull your fingernails off and pour salt on them. I'm going to not only put you in prison, I'm going to make your world misery. Tortured until he had paid his entire debt, and that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Jesus, power, if, if you go read this on your own. You just read through this, those stories. Jesus' point is that when you allow your hurt to turn into hate, you invite the demonic torment into your life. You invite that, causing you to feel like you are serving a jail sentence in a dark, despairing dungeon. And the image of the jailer is in Jesus here in this teaching is Satan in the demonic realm. Satan and his demons condemn you, hunt you, and torment you because you haven't forgiven. And you're seeing it around you, and you're going, I'm not living in that prison. I'm not living in that prison. That neighbor, that coworker, that boss, that spouse, they may be living in that prison. I'm not living in that prison. Therefore, I love my spouse regardless. Therefore, I love my children regardless. I'm not living in the torment of this jail that Jesus is talking about in this story. The kingdom of God is forgiveness, and the kingdom of darkness is bitterness, and Satan is never forgiven. And when we choose to forgive, we, we move out of that kingdom. And I've struggled. I've struggled with bitterness over the years. Awful things that have been said. I mean, and, and I... I love, and I've, as I've studied forgiveness and unforgiveness in the text of Scripture, I come to a portion in which you see in Acts chapter 7, they choose the disciples. This is what happens, is that in, in, in the book of Acts, the, the, the Holy Spirit comes, touches the church, thousands are baptized, and the church advances. And what? The kingdom of God is established on earth in a powerful way. And they choose seven men full of the Holy Spirit to what? Help take care of people. And one of those men is named Stephen. And Stephen is now, is now growing in his, um, growing not only for his love for God, but in wisdom and his influence and culture. And he's brought before the religious leaders of the day. And, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, he tells them what their kingdom is like and what they did to Jesus, and what they need to do. And they are in the spirit of in the, in the, in the, uh, this kingdom of darkness, and they begin to gnash their teeth, as the story goes, and they haul Stephen out and begin to stone him to death. And as I study this, this, this story, he falls to his knees, verse 16. See, Stephen does. And Paul who wrote three-quarters of the New Testament, is standing back, holding the coats, and watching as this Stephen is being killed and martyred for his faith in Jesus. And what does Stephen say? This gets us. He falls to his knees, and he said, Cursed be those that are stoning me, God, may fire from hell consume them. He falls to his knees and he says, Lord, 
Don't charge them. What? That's kingdom. That's the spirit that the king puts in the vessels of his kingdom. That's the spirit that is part of the kingdom. And literally, God answers the prayer. Why? Because here stands Paul, guilty. And God says, okay, I heard your prayer, Stephen. And he meets Paul. The Spirit of God falls on Paul, radically changes his life. And just goes to show you that if you forgive your enemies and pray for them, you may be used of God to help unleash the next Apostle Paul. But my question to you is, are you willing to live this life? And you go, I can't. You're right, you can't. But the Spirit of God in the kingdom fills you to live that out. To live that out. So, question. What has caused you pain? What has caused you pain? Is there anyone you have not fully forgiven from your heart? I'm going to jump ahead to this scripture, 2 Corinthians 2, verses 14 through 15. I love Paul speaking here of this um, triumphal procession, but thank God, he says, he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are are Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and those who are perishing. So what I've come to the understanding is that when in the kingdom, when you are walking around and you are a child in the kingdom, that literally it's like you're you're walking into the supermarket, you're walking into your your office, you're walking into your home and it's like you are literally all of a sudden people are going what do I smell? What is that? That is incredible. They smell so good and they go, excuse me, what is that you have on? And you're like, I have kingdom spray. I have kingdom spray. And it's on me. And if you want to get some, come with me. That's the kingdom. And then to those... That, that's to those that are pursuing. There are actually those around you that you have no clue, their thoughts, their ideas, whatever, and literally you don't know whether they're even hungry for God, but when they smell you and they, and they go, that's what I've been looking for. That's the fragrance I've been looking for. And then there are those that are going, that's nasty. Whoo, dank, man. Why? Because they're perishing and it seems foul to them because they've been so into the other world, the other kingdom, that they can't in any way differentiate. And even the nastiness of evil smells better than what is in the kingdom because they have been so duped into what the enemy led them to. Okay, I'm going to stop there. But this is what, this is what the challenge is. 
in this kingdom and you being part of it as a follower of Jesus, if you have anything that you are holding against anyone, big or small, schedule a meeting with God and write out the list of debts. That that person or person, it could be a father, a mother, a child, a grandparent, and make a list of the things and the debts that you need to forgive that has accrued to you and have a heart funeral with God. Because that's what we do in the kingdom. And do what Jesus did and cancel the record. And if you're going, I can't do that, you have no idea, then get to a Christian counselor or a, a leader, a pastor, an elder that can help you walk through that. And then, this is the last thing I would say to you, and I've actually done this with people. We've burned it. And it's gone. And I'm not saying it's easy, and it's not saying it's necessarily overnight, but don't live other. Let this record be canceled and work through it so that you can understand what love truly is in 1 Corinthians 13, 5, love keeps no record of being wronged. And something, when you forgive, something in the unseen realm breaks. And for sure, the railway from hell is cut off. <laughs> so good. Oh, man. Bow your head. Close your eyes. Heavenly Father in the kingdom, he's waking up. He's waking up his kids to understand that what you're seeing, what you're knowing, all of that type of stuff, that, that you don't, if, if you're having attitudes and actions and behaviors that are reflecting the darkness of the, of, the, of the demonic kingdom, if you're doing that, then something's broken there and become aware of what it is and understand that that's not the behavior of the kingdom of God. So, and I pray that just like there's joy in the presence of God's angels when one person repents, I pray that today there will be much rejoicing in, this, in, this, in the spiritual realm for any of us here or online that are releasing what's been done to us in some way, shape, or form, or moving towards that. Is there anybody in this room that needs prayer as it pertains to this at all? Just slip up your hand, if that's you. And if you're online, you can send me a little note through info at newhope365.us. Info at newhope365.us. I'm going to pray with you as it pertains to this. Anybody? Yeah. Lord, breakthrough is here. Hope is here. <laughs> Your kingdom is on earth as it is in heaven, because, oh God, your church is not going to live. Your kingdom, we're not going to live bitterly. We're not going to leave our dishes undone. We're not going to leave our clothes on the floor. We are going to pursue you. And we're going to, God, follow your kingdom ways by the power of your Holy Spirit. So I pray, God, your spirit sweep throughout this place right now. Sweep through each individual heart.
online in here, sweep through it. Sweep God. May, may God, literally, you be glorified today in what is being spoken. God, please. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord Jesus, if there's anybody that has been in the kingdom of darkness that is hearing this right now, we ask, oh God, for a spiritual breakthrough. And that we pray, God, that the spray that's coming forth right now from your kingdom would fill, would fill, so to speak, the restroom of their soul. And may they experience your sweet fragrance and come to know life in you and life abundantly in the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. In your awesome and mighty name, God, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd like to invite you to visit our website at newhope365.church. That's newhope, the numbers 365.church, where you can access past sermons and devotional series, get connected to one of our life groups, and keep up with the latest information about everything that is happening here at New Hope 365.